Hey guys, welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of Tales from the Dark Roast. This is a podcast that's going to give friends and family members a chance to tell their spooky and paranormal stories in a comfortable environment with lots of coffee for everyone involved. I am your host, Mortimer James, and I am here to share the personal stories of my friends and family that I've never had. Uh, my whole life, I've been really interested in the spooky, paranormal, and all the creepy things that go bump in the night. And despite my best efforts, I've never been able to have my own personal experience, whether that be with ghosts or cryptids like Bigfoot or even UFOs. Um, I really want to have one of those experiences, but since I can't, I live vicariously through my friends and family. So what we're going to do is I will bring on a friend or family member that I know personally, and we're going to get their story. And this will give you guys a chance to hear some firsthand accounts from people who may not be famous and or wanting to get famous because they don't want their names put out there. So we'll use some uh, pseudonyms for some people, and we'll use real names for other people, and we're just going to go with that. So... For our very first episode, though, we have a former co-worker of mine and a good friend, Drusilla Nix. And she's had some pretty crazy experiences that, well, I'm just excited to hear more about. So, Drusilla, welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, how long have you been having personal experiences? Goodness, probably since I was... I don't know if I have, like, an age range, but a very young child. And do you still have experiences occasionally, or as you get older, they've faded away? They've definitely faded away, but I also don't put myself in situations to allow things like that to occur. Right. So don't let it into your life, won't come into your life, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. The one thing that I'm really interested in hearing about is the haints, which is the one story that you've told me so far that really just instantly creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, um, always positive. Not always positive. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, well, give me, like, I guess tell me the background of the haints and how they they apply to, like, your life and where, where you first learned about them. So ever since I was younger, my dad's side of the family has always talked about haints and haint glass and there's particular things that can keep them away or bring them to you and they were described as good and evil no gray area it's very black and white good ones have round ears evil ones have pointy ears but they're always short round and like a bluish hue but they're see-through. The haints themselves are see-through. Yeah. Are they like, so we're talking like almost like classic goblin kind of thing? Like short and that kind of round or? I guess. The two that I've seen were different shapes. But yeah, you could absolutely like manifest that like image in your head of like a goblin. Okay. And when you say good and bad, no gray. What like, what specifically like? Do the good ones bring good tidings? Do the bad ones break or hurt things? So, that is kind of like hazy in my memory because I've only ever seen evil ones. 
That's, I have not seen good ones. That's no good. So, the good ones don't create bad feelings or, like, atmospheres, but, like, the evil ones are typically, like, seen in a negative environment or after a tragedy or can bring, like, forthcoming, like, bad omens, you know, like, that type of... Okay, so, like, maybe after the scene of a murder, someone might see it, see one, or maybe in, like, a traffic crash or... Um, or just bad like vibes. Bad vibes, yeah. Okay. Or, like, negative home environments domestic situations <laughs> yeah. fights that yeah. sort of stuff okay yeah. you're Sorry, good i'm like i'm nope. freezing and now i'm hot <laughs> well take a take a sip of the delicious coffee uh so that's another thing that's really important about this podcast is the coffee i i am a consummate coffee drinker and i have to have it in front of me always so we stopped by a little gelato shop before the show and she got a nitro cold brew coffee I went very basic and got a caramel pumpkin spice latte frappe or something. I don't know. It tasted like candy and it was delicious. Which totally explains the difference between us. I like hardcore coffee. You like girly coffee. No, I actually <laughs> love... I'm drinking black coffee. Just plain black coffee right now. But occasionally I like to I like to have my dessert early in the morning. And that, that's where I get those. But anyway, so we're both drinking coffee. She's warmed up now that she was very cold. And... Tell me about your first experience with the first one. If, you know, if you don't mind, you can, oh, yeah. neg you know, neglect details as needed, but. So, ironically, both <laughs> times I've seen them, I was looking at some sort of, like, family Bible and or, like, family pictures. So, like, the first time, I don't even know how old I was, but maybe middle school age? Okay. And I was in the living room of my parents' house that they still live in, and we were looking at, like, old family pictures, and I'm talking, like, old family pictures. My mom and I were in the house by herself. She doesn't believe. She's not a believer. None of that. And the way the house is set up, you walk into the living room, and to the right, there's a very tiny hallway. I'm talking, like, maybe two by two feet hallway. And then there's the bedroom. My parents' bedroom was in the front of the house, and then mine was right next to it. So my mom was making macaroni and cheese, and she got up and walked into the kitchen, and I heard something whisper my name. And if you know anything about paranormal or that, you don't ever answer when something calls your name unless you know what it is. So I look over to my right, and I get this. I don't even know how to describe this feeling, but it was just like terror and fear and just just negative energy and there was a haint walking into my parents bedroom and their bedroom door was like closed but not like shut you know so the locking mechanism and the door wasn't there and the door pushed open four inches and i screamed and by the way it was just my mom and i in the house the air didn't kick on it wasn't something like that i know what i saw and my mom comes running from the kitchen, which was maybe like, I don't know, 10 feet away from where I was on the other side of the wall, and starts like, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I was like, I saw a hate, it's in the house, it's in your bedroom, like, this is terrible, I'm scared, like, and she was just like, no, that didn't happen. And I was like, visibly 
paler than my normal like paleness, right? <laughs> and yeah, that was the first time. And being in middle school, like you're old enough to know the difference between the imaginary and you know your eyes playing tricks on you from light and things like that. Yeah, no, it was very solid, see-through, but a very solid, short round. It had like a menacing face. Like if I could draw, I would love to draw it, but I can't. Um, so it was short, maybe like two feet, three feet tall. Um, its face was grimaced and it had very pointy ears and it made direct eye contact with me. Looked at me, but it almost felt like it was looking through me and then walked into my parents' bedroom. Yep, yeah, nope, hard no. <laughs> no, I just, no. First off, it sounds like you're describing me, short and round. <laughs> Other than the grimace on my face and being see-through with spiky ears. Um, and, and to this day, your mom still doesn't believe you? No. Mm-mm. Because she's no, she is weird about <sighs> talking about anything like that. And like, growing up very conservative Christian, she doesn't relate to things like that, I guess you could say. But, like, my dad's side of the family, that is all they talk about. In fact, that's where all of my ghost stories growing up, like, came from was that side of the family. And my grandfather, who um, is German descent, like, he told me stories and then him and my dad would have things happen to them and yeah i think it came from that side of the family wow (laughs) now do you do you have any thoughts on what it was trying to do by getting you to follow it into your parents room well i think that my dad has a demon in him but and or has some type of evil in him just from you know, growing up in the home that I did, but I think it was attracted to him because another thing of, like, the lore is, let's say, like, a door, inside door, outside door, it doesn't matter. If something pushes it open and you invite it in, sorry, and you invite it in, um, you're allowing that spirit or whatever concept to come in. Like, you now have an open door. Where they push it open to hope for the invitation, but you have every right to say no. That is your boundary. That is your house. You can say no. He always would welcome them in. Like our back door that faced the backyard would constantly, no wind, push open. Like you could see something. Let me rephrase that. You can see the door moving toward the inside of the house where the door swung open. And he would always sit there and be like, yeah, come on in. Like, no hesitation, regardless of he could tell good, bad. He just said, bring it on. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because there are a lot of of legends, a lot of superstitions, a lot of just folklore about the sanctity of the home and the boundaries of the hearth, the hearth, however you want to say it, um, where there's a certain magic, a certain power Mm -hmm. in that, that unless you invite them in, they can't cross that threshold. Yep. And he constantly, constantly allowed it to cross. Wow. Mm-hmm. So seeing one like that, where it's already in your home, it could have been invited, or maybe the threshold even was so low that it could just waltz right in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And I always, like, I grew up in a not-so-pleasant environment. We'll just leave it at that. But, like, 
I'm very empathetic to like my surroundings. I can feel people's emotions. However, I've learned since going to therapy that's a trauma response. However, there are real empaths out there, and that in that moment, when I tell you, it literally felt like I was looking at pure evil. And I'm talking like not like your definition of like oh the devil is evil. I'm talking like actual just darkness in this like creature. Like the actual like the like almost like a manifestation or a concept yeah. of evil. Like yeah. the bad. Like there's always good and there's always bad. Wow. Like I felt it in my chest. And I can still like remember it now, you know what I mean? I'm much older now and it's still just the power of that memory. Yeah. And those are the ones that stick with you the most. Those those strong, powerful emotions that elicit an emotional response as well. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now Let's move on to the second occurrence. Because if, if that one, like, it said your name, what what happened with the second one? How did, how did that happen? So I definitely know I was in middle school because my middle school best friend and I had found her family's family Bible, meaning, like, the family tree, old family pictures, like, that type of family Bible. Notes in the liners, the, yeah. the whole handwritten by a, grandma. Like a King James Bible, but, like, an actual family, right? So we were looking at it. And we were at her house. We were the only two in the house. And I don't know why we were looking at it or, like, for whatever reason. But her her home, so, like, her bedroom bordered her parents' bedroom by just a wall. And, again, like, just because of where we grew up, like, the homes were just, the hallways weren't hallways. It was just, like, a two-by-two two area. So we were looking at the family Bible and her bedroom door was open, her parents' bedroom door was open, so you could see the door, right? And we, she was going over something and she kind of mentioned how her family had like witches and of course I was like, yeah right, you're just trying to pull my strings, like, haha, I don't believe you. Well then, I don't know, let's say a few minutes passed, maybe a few seconds, I don't know, that was a long time ago, and I see another hank. And it's another evil one. This one was different, though. Its face wasn't as contorted as the other one. But it still had pointy ears. And from what I was told as a child, pointy ears mean that it's evil. And I didn't get a good feeling from it. It, again, made direct eye contact with me and walked into my friend's parents' bedroom. And I jumped into her lap and was just so utterly terrified and she thought I was playing a prank on her and I definitely wasn't like it was a hundred percent like I saw it it looked at me and walked into her parents bedroom now that's weird that it went in both times went into a parent's bedroom Mm -hmm. so I know you think that a lot of it has to do at least with your first encounter with your father and them inviting him into the home now, with her saying that her family had, like, a history of witches, do you think that might have been a possibility as to why it went there as well? I think so, because they were into, well, like, you know, nowadays, holistic stuff is cool. But, like, back then, that was, like, frowned upon. And her right. mom, I wouldn't say so much her dad, but, like, her mom had a very open concept thought process about things like that. So it is possible, but I also feel like, I've been protected because I've never been affected by one. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I had guardian angels or some type of guardian that wouldn't allow it near me, but it made sure that I knew it was there. Right. 
a one by calling your name and then making eye contact. Both so time. both like times. Now, and you said this one, other than the face, it looked very similar to the first? Yeah, but it was shorter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're... Because another, another concept with Haints, because I did a little research on this, is the Haint blue. Yeah, yeah. Were they both blue? Mm-hmm. Wow. They're like a... So, like, think of, like... Okay, so, like, in kindergarten, you know how you're, like, taught to, like, draw clouds. And I know they're white, but, like, white crayons don't color on white papers. You were given, like, blue... So it's like a sky cloud. It's not like baby blue, but it's almost like sky blue when the sky is that like really pretty light sheen of blue. Like that's what it that's what it looks like. But also like the outline was a darker blue than the inside of its body. I guess that's the best way I could describe it. Okay. <laughs> so and for people who want to look that up, there's actually a color called Haint Blue which goes back to the deep south and slavery and plantations where um specifically this one group of uh, african slaves the let me look at my notes here the gula geechee and i'm probably saying that wrong and if i am i apologize but um they brought over a lot of their beliefs when um, they were taken as slaves and one of them is the haint and they would use the indigo from the fields that they were maintaining and then other things to make this very specific color of blue. And they would actually paint the ceilings of like outside porches and stuff. And I guess a lot of the reason behind it would be that they were hoping that the, the Haints would see that color and think it was the sky and then depart. Or that it was water because in a lot of folklore, spirits aren't able to cross over water. But it is an actual color of blue. You see it a lot in porches, uh, especially here in the Deep South, uh, Louisiana, around New Orleans. It's a really cool color. I suggest you uh, do a Google search on it. Now, the other thing I was interested in that you had mentioned, and you felt like this might be specific to your family, you said haint glass. Yeah. So explain that to me. So... I don't know if it was just my grandfather pulling my leg or like what it was, but like they would go hunting a lot in Ocala and they had a, a hunting cabin. Sounds so southern saying hunting that way. And they said that there was like a Haint Hill. I couldn't tell you where that is now. Again, that was like years ago when they would tell that story. But they would always like say, yeah, well, you would have to get Haint glass from there because that's what protected you from them but also you could see them in the hate glass like you could see their reflection if you were holding it if it was on a window on the outside like whatever and it was a sheen like that blue color like the glass specifically was to match that color and i don't know if that like is how you could see it and then like protect yourself from it but yeah So I'm I'm really actually intrigued by this. So it acted as like a talisman of protection if you had it, but then it would also let them be visible in it. Yeah. Like so, like it was like their reflection in the glass, or did like you hold it like you could hold it up to your eye and like use it to like I don't like goggles or something to find them. It was described to me like whatever like could be like a piece of broken glass, but it was specific like paint glass. And, like, but you could make a window out of it or whatever. Like, I guess you could hold it up to your eye, but it wouldn't be, like, glasses. It was just, like, a piece of glass, generalized. 
and you could see the hate in it. Or so, see if there was a hate there. Gotcha. So almost like something from one of the, the latter Harry Potter movies where he could see the Albus's brother in that. Yeah. Okay, so less a uh, less a way to look through and see them, but more is just a connection between this place and another place where they might be. I... So that was my dog, by the way, not a haint. We're we're good here. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But I mean, like it was more of like you put it up to make sure that there weren't any haints standing around, like on your porch. You know what I mean? Again, to like try and get into your home or wherever you want to protect yourself. That's crazy. Did they ever bring any of this home? Because I know you mentioned it, but did you actually ever, like, hold or see a piece? I mean, yeah, I don't, again, I don't, I'm kind of skeptical on that. Okay. Right. So you think this may have been but, a little bit of him messing with you? But, yes, I have seen, like, they, from what they've told me, yeah, that's a piece of hand glass. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, but I was a child, so how do you not believe? Right. You know, so. The, the older people are saying this, and, okay. Now... So, a fun thing about the haint, when I first started looking this up, I spelled it wrong. I spelled it H-A-N-T, because I'm a terrible speller, which led me to something that's actually out of, um, like, British lore, where they have the same sort of thing, where they have these ghosts, spirits, whatever. Some of them are good, and some of them are bad. And when I first brought that up to you, you said that made a lot of sense because your family is British. Mm-hmm. But the way that I started looking it up and I found it spelled was a different way, which was H-A-I-N-T, which is where we get it from the South, specifically like the South Carolina area from the, the Gula Geechee. Do you think it could be a little bit of both? Like, do you think these things might be the same or do you think they might be something completely different that just happened to coincide good and bad both are described as almost goblin-like i mean it's very possible that it could be similarly related you know what i mean like realistically most of the lore is related you know like people that in the early days you know what i mean like saw dragons and stuff on one side of the world and then on the other side of the world where they would have had absolutely no connection saw the same thing you know what i mean so like how do you say that people didn't bring their heritage over you know what i mean like from europe to the americas you know my grandmother grew up in arkansas but is from south carolina so So we're gonna definitely put yours in the h-a-n-t section for the haints from the gula geechee but it is it is interesting though that within your family they kind of both coincide yeah. and and connect yeah because my mom's heritage is england where my grand my father's is german so i mean that's yeah. still across the pond there's a lot of yeah. back and forth between those two countries yeah. that is ridiculous that is really cool <laughs> now i am interested also like you said that there's they can be good and bad like do you have any stories from like that your your family would tell you of interactions they had? Like I know you said your dad would just always invite him into the house. Did he or your grandfather or other family members from that side tell you like, hey, I had a haint one time and this bad thing happened or this good thing happened? So there are like a few good things, but I don't know if it would be like haint related. But my dad used to do, um, well, he like sheet metal for his... Um, Wow, I can't think of the word right now. Like his um, profession. <laughs> okay. And he was doing sheet metal inside of a tower one time. 
with um, one of those like giant industrial fans that would do like the whole building um, like big enough for you to stand up and fan right yeah and there wasn't supposed to be any electricity on and he heard something call his name and he turned to look at it at the same time it made him like step back and the fan turned on had he still been inside the fan he would have been chopped to pieces oh wow so can't confirm it was a haint. Right. Can't confirm whether it was a good haint or a bad haint. Yeah. But it definitely, that's odd that it would call a name. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I do have, like, goosebumps. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, that's crazy. And it's it's difficult for me because I grew up reading about all this stuff and hearing all this stuff and watching all the... Sorry. I'm having trouble. Yeah, I'm having trouble, too. Um, but growing up watching all these TV shows and movies, but I've never actually had an experience of my own. Um, so I'm just curious, like, do you think, I know you said that you were old enough that you, you know, wasn't an imaginary friend or wasn't anything like that. Um, and without getting into it too much, I know you said that you did have kind of a rough Rough childhood growing up, things were not the best domestically, um, I guess. Could it be something uh, like a coping mechanism? I think there's something called a screen memory where the human mind has to know something, like it won't let it rest. And it'll often, they think this a lot with like abduction cases and other things where people will have something happen, but they'll use this screen memory as a way to cover up what really happened, but still give their mind a way to, like, you know, suggest, hey, here's a plausible idea for what may or may not have happened. Do you think, like, it sounds like none of these were occurring, though, when there was, like, bad situations going on, so it doesn't make sense that you would have a screen memory when mom's cooking dinner and you're just hanging out in the house. Yeah, or exactly. you're hanging with a friend. So that doesn't seem like a way to explain that at all. No, I don't think you could explain those away. <laughs> no, I gotta try though. I, I at least offer a suggestion because, like I said, I've never had these experiences, you know. Um, but they weren't pleasant. No, and that's and also... definitely don't want an unpleasant experience myself to be sure. But you know, that's that's just crazy to me that these kind of things happen, and they've happened to so many people. And I just never had these experiences, but everyone I talk to has almost, almost everyone I talk to has an experience and a lot of them don't want to talk about them. They're not pleasant. So yeah, it is nice that you were willing to come and talk with us about this. Of course. So, um, now Drusilla actually has a lot more to talk about, but we're getting close to time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call this episode for now. But she is going to be back on. She's actually going to be a two-part guest because we've got so much to talk about. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some more from Drusilla uh, even after that second episode. And I want to give a very big thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened to the first episode of Tales from the Dark Rose. Guys, we've got a lot of content that we want to share with you guys, a lot of personal experiences, and we cannot wait to bring you those episodes. So please stick with us, keep your coffee mugs full and your stories dark because I want to hear them.